Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. Well, John, the problem is you're not just CEO, but you're also a podcaster. And cert- one certain podcaster, even more prominent than yourself, Joe Rogan, has gotten into trouble for COVID misinformation. What, what say you? What do, what do, what do you mean? The, the sainted, the incredibly rich, the $100 billion man from Spotify, the, 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 most, the, the most lauded and certainly expensive podcaster, valuable podcaster in the world? Are you saying that we should trust every stupid little thing he says? John, it's not just me saying it. It's uh, also some of the people from your era, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, uh, in particular, who want their music and pulling it off of Spotify. And it stirred the pot. And the CEO of Spotify replied. And even Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are getting into the discussion. Your friends, the Royals are involved? Yeah, and not just the well, Kansas City Royals, which is usually well, the level I hang out with. I Well, first of all, isn't it nice that truth tellers from my era, the 60s and the 70s, are back? And those who told the truth about Vietnam or pushed the country forward towards a, a new era are, and, and, and partially because they're probably pretty freaking vulnerable. They are exactly the target area. I mean, this is nothing to be to be be kidding around at 3,000 people the other day died of COVID. We're still losing between two to 3,000 people a day to this virus that we are we're starting to learn to live with. And Joe Rogan has been spewing absolute misinformation, uh, undermining the scientific credibility of the scientists in order to make money. I mean, remember, he started as a comedian and as an entertainer, not as a disease specialist. And and David, you know, there is something that Neil Young would, would once wrote that you probably remember from the sixties, you know, sure. for what it's for what it's worth, you know, and, and I think that maybe we adapt some of those lyrics. I mean, there's something happening here, but what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a podcast over there yeah. telling me I've got to beware. I think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody look. But I think Joe Rogan's going down on this one. Oh, John, that's uh, that is very good. You know, they, as you mentioned, you know, both Neil Young and Joni Mitchell are actually of Medicare age, and we're going to talk about Medicare today as it relates to uh, home testing for COVID. But they're also of an age. They're actually, believe it or not, both got polio in the early fifties before a vaccine was available. So this isn't just some sort of Johnny Johnny come lately. Uh, approach to vaccines. Joni come lately. <laughs> Joni come lately approach to vaccines. That's right. You know, they have always been uh, supporters of, of vaccines. And we have talked about this before COVID with vaccines that some people that were anti-vax had forgotten or just were never around when people had these these very serious illnesses that vaccines were were preventing. COVID hasn't worked out that way. You've got people, you know, COVID, COVID vaccines are highly effective and yet uh, people are still against them. So anyway, it's no it's no real surprise. I can't exactly understand where the prince is coming from. I think that it has to do with his own big contract uh, with Spotify. So John, well, you, you love note, talking you about note, you, you note you note in this when the in the, in the uh, prince your friend the prince. I mean, effectively, he and Meghan raised concerns. They didn't pull their participation. I mean. The economic model of Spotify is sort of interesting because they pay so little to the artists. I mean, pennies or fractions of pennies per stream. It's actually pretty easy for the artists, if they were to get together, to kind of bend Spotify to the, to its will. And what I think what's, what's, what's really embarrassing here, David, is that 
Spotify is clearly making a lot of money on Rogan. Otherwise, they wouldn't have spent a hundred million clams on him. And they have, they do have disinformation, a disinformation policy. They just didn't bother enforcing it against people who were popular. It's the same kind of toxic economic payoff that's leading people, you know, to to misinformation all over the internet. And I think it's sort of cool that these that these uh, singers who were who were rebels for the right kind of causes in the 60s are pushing back and they, and there's a lot of economic leverage if all of the oldsters like you and 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 they pull Thank their you. songs and, and really yeah. push Spotify well, gonna... to just inf- to even bother you know, using leveraging their own policies i mean but but i, I don't want to spend too much time on on uh, on on rebels with a cause david all right, John. Well, maybe if it comes to, to it, I'll, I'll pull my songs off um, as well. But uh, I think that uh, it's very interesting what they're doing. And obviously, Spotify has a different business model. So other platforms like Facebook and Twitter have faced the same thing with controversial people that are on the platform, but they just have to deal with the advertisers. And here uh, you've got the, the artists. So it's a little bit different. John, let's talk about rapid tests for COVID. That is on everybody's uh, mind at the moment. And I, I have a lot of rapid tests, John. I have a lot of t- rapid tests right here. The problem is I, I also managed to get COVID uh, and the tests. So the tests don't, don't stop COVID, but they are, uh, but they are, they are useful. You know, why do people want these rapid tests in the first place? Let's remind people of why they care before we talk about who's going to pay for them. Well, I think that the reason why rapid tests are so helpful and why they should be plentiful and in my ca- in, in my view, nearly free is it really helps, it will help us manage in a world where COVID is going to be with us. And they aren't going to pick it up every time, but if people can find their way to, on the, for the most part, socializing in COVID-free environments, uh, the virus has, has fewer opportunities to replicate and fewer people are going to get sick. Uh, this is something that uh, rapid antigen tests, uh, there are rapid PCR antigen tests are the, are the simpler uh, you know, saliva and, and, and nose swabs kind of thing uh, they are quick, they're cheap, and they're largely effective. PCR, the, the more complicated tests that pick up the, uh, the sort of do a bio scan, uh, are also available in a rapid rapid form, but they're not nearly as cheap. Other countries, like uh, like in Europe, have made them either free or virtually free. And in certain states, actually, the state of Colorado, uh, where, I'm, where I'm recording from right now, you, anyone can order a rapid test at any time. And it's simply a way to help regulate your life in a, in a, in a more healthy way. I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it was a, you know, one of the, one of the fundamental flaws of the Biden uh, anti-COVID policy was to misunderstand how powerful and important access to low cost tests are. We're catching up, but, but uh, we're late. So John, you know, I, I said before that the, uh, the tests don't prevent COVID, but in my case, even though I had COVID, the tests were useful. One, to confirm that I had it, so I knew to isolate. And then the other one was that um, even though the guidelines were to, you know, you could stop isolation after five days, I took a test and I actually stayed uh, in isolation a bit longer than that because my test was still showing positive. And it's a pretty good measure of whether you're still uh, going to be contagious and going to potentially infect other people. So it was actually useful in, in my case. Now, as you say, they're relatively inexpensive, but, you know, they, they are going to be $12, $15 per test. And if you need to use them frequently for multiple bit members, yeah, for multiple members of the household, uh, you know, it, it starts to, to add up. So there have been some things that the Biden administration has done. And one of them was that as of uh, January 15th, I don't know if that's the Ides of January, 
commercial insurers have to pay for tests, and not just one, but actually up to but, eight tests per person per month. But David, think about that for a second. Let's let if we want to give people access to something in the middle of a crisis, and we believe that tests are part of the critical defensive management of the virus. It allows you to tell whether you're still sick, uh, whether you are, whether a group of people can 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 meet safely. And so, what we're going to do to simplify things is to send it through the insurance reimbursement merry-go-round. I mean, yeah. I've never heard of a, of a, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, that's, that's, that's a bad decision that only a committee could have made because it, it basically in the, in the, in, it, it sort of gives with one hand, you should have access to tests and the insurance should pay for it uh, and takes with another. Well, now you have to remember to keep your receipt, to file it with the insurance company who won't yeah. always, pay, who won't even pro- always process or pay the claim correctly. And then, then you may or may not get paid, which, and the fact that you may or may not get paid like every other part of uh, health insurance is kind of logically where you start to end up in a situation where people aren't going to buy the test. They aren't going to go for reimbursement. And the whole structure of it defeats the purpose. I, I mean, you may have thought it was a good idea. I thought it was silly. John, it's the American way. Now, that the, the way you don't remember, John, it's, I'm, I'm teeing up the good part of it. OK, so now the commercial insurers are paying for it. Medicaid pays. It, it varies by state, and it's not so straightforward again. Uh, and now Medicare, John. Now, of course, the thing is, two-thirds of the COVID deaths are among people 65, age, age 65 and over. It's only 16.5% of the population. And yet Medicare itself doesn't pay for COVID tests at all. So even the commercial okay. insurance does. So this is another reason that the whole, your great idea here is just doesn't make any sense. This dog does not hunt. For the commercial insured, it's hard, complicated, and there are barriers. For the Medicaid eligible, which after being old, being 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 poor and having a comorbid condition, is the most likely case to get really sick. Uh, Medicaid reimbursement is also complicated, and 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 communicating with Medicaid eligibles is hard. And now you're saying that the most in need po- of population that that is shocking, David, will not have easy access. Do you still think this is such a great policy? So, John, here's the thing. I know you usually, you know, you make me a little squeamish because you paint me into the Trumpy corner and say that's why I'm in favor, of, you know, even though it's not. And But I'm feeling even probably even more uncomfortable about being responsible for the whole American healthcare system. John, why is it that Medicare doesn't pay? It's not because I said they shouldn't pay. It's because they don't pay for things of this nature. They don't pay for OTC tests. They don't pay for self-administered they don't pay for OTC anything, and they don't pay for self-administered tests. And they don't have this plan, even if you could go so and wait pay a second, for it and then make your payback later. Just, I just really want to get this clear. So yeah. they'll pay any price that pharma charges for a drug, right? Yeah. They'll pay very high prices for complex procedures. And Pump really up the volume, expensive, John. really expensive technologies, which can be life-saving. Or not. And yet we... Don't pay for low-cost tests that could keep people from going to the hospital. Doesn't make any sense to me. The problem is, John, is that that's you know that's how Medicare is, is is set up. Now, what they're trying to do at Medicare, you know, there's part A, there's part B, there's part C, there's part D. Maybe they need a part E, which stands for COVID E, and they can pay for the tests out of that. But they don't have a mechanism to pay for it, and they're actually trying 
supposedly to find a creative solution or a loophole, but, but they so far have I not. Mean, seriously, a, a, a creative solution. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We bought hundreds of millions of doses of vaccines. That was creative. Um, yeah. We actually created vaccines from scratch within 30 days that signed, and then we provided emergency use, use authorizations. Isn't this the moment when the government can leverage the authority and the flexibility it, it has? I think you've got a very blinkered view of what <laughs> Medicare can and should be paying for. I mean, I, I just, I, 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 I'm baffled because Medicare yeah. will be, at, I mean, Medicare, which is, based, by the way, you and me as taxpayers, is going to pay more if more elderly people get sick because they can't afford or perceive they can't afford the test or the rigmarole of getting reimbursed for. Well, John, I hope Neil Young will remember a Southern man doesn't want him around anyhow. But as it comes to the Medicare beneficiaries, I mean, there are a few things they can do to get free tests other than wagging their tongue about it and, you know, about, you know, complaining about how things are, are not fair. So there's a few things, John. So one is that they can go to covidtest.gov and everybody can get four free tests per household initially. That's not just Medicare. That's anybody. They can get a PCR or rapid antigen test at a lab. The only thing there is they can only get one per year unless it's ordered by a doctor. They can go to a community health center where there's a few tests around. There's supposedly some 10,000 free pharmacy testing sites, although I'm not sure where those are or how you would uh, get in there. And some states, as you say, have their own programs. But So there's a few things they can do, but most aren't that good. Well, I, think, I, I, do, I do think that the, the Biden policy of coming around and, and making uh, tests free for everybody and available to everybody is really the step we should have. That's what we should have done in January, David. It's just yeah. this, this, the notion that we have a one-legged strategy uh, when we really need three, we need the vaccines and, and support and, and going after the vaccines made a ton of sense. And as, and has shown all of the data shows, unlike, uh, you know, the, that, that pot podcaster who, who, yeah. who, of who, whose value we rogue, to. rogue podcaster, rogue, John, rogue podcaster, uh, th they're incredibly powerful effect, particularly with the three uh, shot regimen with the MRNA vaccines. It's remarkable. And I think we're doing better with the therapeutics, but the therapeutics, we've not invested enough. We didn't forward by Paxlovid, that fantastic pill that, um, that uh, Pfizer made and, and Merck looks like they built a great therapeutic. Therapeutics are those things that actually get you better. Um, we didn't forward buy uh, enough of the monoclonal antibodies and we easily, it, it, the three legs that I'm looking for, the three stages are vaccines, therapeutics and tests. And we've always been behind. It was almost the original sin as Leona Wen talk, Dr. Leona Wen talks about of COVID that the government did not invest heavy. I mean, at first it was your buddy Trump who was trying to trying to convince people that he had his arms around testing and then that nobody needed to test. And then we, it, when, when the Biden administration took over, it, it just felt like a, 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 it fell by the wayside. It was a, it was a one-step strategy to deal with vaccines. I think this free test for everybody is actually a super strong step forward. And, um, now we just have to go back and truth test the other podcasters to make sure they're not yeah. putting out nonsense about the COVID test. Because to your point, whether it's a, a low cost antigen test or the, the full Monty big PCR test, um, these tests work and they really help you uh, both manage your own potential illness, but also uh, it can help kind of create safe places for us to kind of re return to a more normal, uh, a no more normal world. I, I think it's a, it's a Biden, Biden and the team should be really credited 
with admitting they were wrong and fixing it. John, it is worth emphasizing, I think, especially since there's a lot of misinformation out there about just how successful the vaccines are. There was a there was a story in The New York Times uh, this week that I saw, and it emphasized uh, statistics from October and November. And it was about the, the deaths per week per 100,000 population. And what it was showing was that the unvaccinated was 7.8 per 100,000. People who were vaccinated with no booster was 0.6. And those with a booster was 0.1. In other words, about 80 times uh, as likely to die if you were unvaccinated compared to being boosted. And a big difference between being boosted and not being boosted. And it was interesting because it drew this point to say that, you know, some Democrats, people that were in favor of the vaccine were actually skeptical of the vaccines in the sense that they didn't realize just how protective they are. That point one deaths per 100,000 is lower than for certain other things like the flu or for car accidents. And so, you know, the vaccines work really well. They are available, John, unlike the tests, which are harder to get, and they are free. And so this is something to really to reemphasize. Yeah, that no, I, I think that I think that I think that um, I was with you up until the point that you sort of suggested that COVID caused car accidents. But I, I, I think that the well, I'm trying to I'm trying to stick the thing in my nose and I'm driving and, and, the, and I, you know, the the the, the, the statistics, I think, were. Um, 90 times uh, uh, less likely to die and 80 times less likely to be hospitalized. You look at uh, ICU beds, um, you look at who's in the hospital, it's uh, who's with very serious illness. Um, it's extraordinary how, how, how much it tilts towards the unvaccinated. And I just hope that we will continue to make incremental progress, not just on vaccination, the base level vaccination, but also on getting the three, the three shot uh, regimen, you know, Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey redefined the getting vaccinated as three shots, and I think that we'd be better off if both the feds and other states w- move forward on that. And I think we're going to have to deal with vaccine hesitancy and skepticism because th- there's a resistance that's been built up by social media to anything from government. But the more people who get vaccinated and can spread the word, um, not just uh, rock and roll stars from the from 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 from, yeah. from the from the from, from the golden years of uh, folk rock and roll. Uh, I I think we're really going to have a much safer, healthier country. And you're and and we uh, the other thing we need that 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 we really need to do is is to find a way. And I was really excited about that University of Tennessee innovation, where they've created a a, a effective COVID vaccine, and they're giving it away for free. They're giving away the intellectual property, which will allow countries all around the world, particularly developing countries, to develop it for the cost of, of, of manufacturing, which is a huge step forward because uh, we really won't be safe from this uh, disease until more and more people, not just in the United States, but around the world are vaccinated. Well, John, I would ask you to sing us out of the podcast here, but I don't want your song to end up on Spotify and enriching the wrong kind of people. So I'm just going to do a flat outro and I'm going to say, I'm David Williams president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. If you like what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe on your favorite service.